The FT. You're listening to a special edition of the World News Podcast with me, Orla Ryan. This week, the Financial Times is running a series of articles looking at how and why governments help companies reduce their tax burden. Earlier this year, the G20 pledged to crack down on tax avoidance. The ability of multinationals to exploit cracks in the international tax system has angered many, not least in these austere times. Google alone has used Ireland and the Netherlands to shift billions of dollars to Bermuda. Last year, it had an overseas tax rate of just 5%. But as policymakers draw up plans to close these gaps... The spotlight has fallen on the countries that help multinationals, such as Google. With me in the studio is Vanessa Holder, the FT's taxation correspondent. Matt Steinglass joins us down the line from Amsterdam. And James Fontanella-Khan is in Brussels. First, Vanessa, let's talk a little bit about why this issue of tax avoidance has come to the fore now. Why is there so much heat around the topic There's a lot of heat about this topic now, and in many ways it's the result of the financial crisis. That turned into a budget crisis, and it's translated into a tax crisis. At a time of austerity, huge budget cuts, there's really no tolerance towards aggressive avoidance. The multinationals have for a long time been able to use tax havens and sophisticated planning structures to reduce their rates. But now the politicians and the media have woken up to this. And as you said yourself, at a time of austerity, it's just seen as unacceptable. Do you think there really is political will for action? Because one of the things that has come up a lot in you know the reporting that we've done is that while politicians say they want to collaborate, in practice they often just end up competing. Almost every country says the status quo isn't an option. They say they want to see the rules modernised to take account of changes in business practice. And they say that it's not right that income goes untaxed anywhere, which is actually what happens in some cases at the moment. But when it comes to actually agreeing reforms... The devil's in the details. Countries want different things. Everyone wants a larger slice of the tax cake themselves. And actually forging a consensus is going to be very difficult. Turning to Matt, you wrote very well in the paper on Monday about how tens of thousands of companies base themselves in the Netherlands for tax reasons. If these companies don't employ people or pay tax, why does the Netherlands want them there? Well, the companies that host those so-called letterbox companies do employ people and pay tax. They don't pay a tremendous amount of tax or employ a huge number of people, but they contribute something between one and two billion to the Netherlands economy each year in various estimates that I've seen in terms of direct contributions. I think that people here also think of those companies as being part of an ecosystem of financial services in the Netherlands, which they are very anxious to protect, especially because the Dutch financial sector has shrunk tremendously over the last 10 years. One of the stories that people will frequently tell is this paradigm of an ugly duckling firm, they say, which comes to Holland just as a financial convenience for tax reasons, but gradually grows into a more substantial head office and becomes a beautiful swan with real employees and real business presence here. So ultimately, the Dutch government hopes that they will get something substantial from this for the Dutch economy. Yeah. 
And that does happen with a lot of companies that initially base themselves here for intellectual property reasons. Even in the case of the rock bands that base themselves here and vest their catalogs in the Netherlands, such as the Rolling Stones, they initially just had a, a fictive presence here. And now they have nine people working here. It's where they book their concerts out of. And that's a real company. But isn't it also true that there's a little bit of a sense of embarrassment about this as well? There is a growing sense of embarrassment about it, particularly with the companies that don't actually have any have any real presence in the Netherlands. To the extent that companies here are used simply as a hub to allow profits to be passed through to countries with extremely low corporate tax rates, such as the Cayman Islands, people don't like to be seen as the European hub for companies that want to shelter their profits in offshore tax havens. What do you think the chances are that the Dutch authorities will crack down on tax avoiders? It is very hard to assess that. And the way the politics are playing out, they seem to be making the right noises, but then they put off any actual action until the next study is complete. The next study is being done by a lobbying organization with close connections to the financial industry, so it's not clear how critical that study will be. It's going to come out at the beginning of the summer. The Dutch government tends not to do very much over the summer, and one gets the sense that there are some parties that might like to see this all postponed until the political furor dies down. James, you recently visited Luxembourg and Luxembourg looks as if it actually is going to take action, if not on taxes, then at least on banking secrecy. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That's correct. The European Union has been pushing for EU member states, all 27, to share the banking information of uh, basically EU citizens living in a country which is not their own, but within the EU. And so basically... The tax authority of country A, let's say the UK, can ask another member state, let's say Italy, to share information of a UK citizen living in Italy. Now, 25 countries had agreed to do that, but there's two which haven't. One was Luxembourg and the other one was Austria. Now, Luxembourg has agreed to share individuals' banking information, and that's kind of the interest that they make on their savings account. And they're also now willing, and this is something which is new and that we've revealed, is that they're also willing to kind of share information on companies' banking details. And this is is quite significant because obviously individuals could potentially set up a company and shield themselves from the eased banking secrecy rules. So that's an important move, and it's been welcomed by Brussels, and, and it will obviously put pressure also on Austria to kind of follow them. Whether we'll solve all the problems and, and the broader problems that Matt and Vanessa have mentioned about shifting profits from country A to a country with a lower tax jurisdiction as Luxembourg is, is a different matter, though. I guess at least it represents some kind of start. I'm curious, why do you think they've done this now? Well, Luxembourg has historically been a place where especially kind of German Belgian and French citizens used to carry their money over the border and and drop them in Luxembourg to use its very strong banking uh, secrecy rules, as as we explained. But now what has happened in in the late 80s, Luxembourg became one of the first countries to attract uh, cross-border mutual funds and asset managers. And today, the biggest industry in the country is not anymore private banking, i.e. protecting people's money and managing their wealth. But it's actually more about an industry, which is the asset management industry, which has about $2 trillion in assets. It's the biggest center for asset management. It's bigger than the UK, the US, 
Um, and therefore, the dependency on the money coming from private individuals has decreased substantially. And the other issue is that a lot of it, it's, it's kind of looked for new clients. So now most of its clients do not necessarily come from its neighbors, but they come from other EU member states, but more importantly, from a lot of the emerging market clients, which obviously will not be affected by the banking secrecy rules because the agreement of sharing information is exclusively with other EU member states and in the case of Luxembourg, also with the United States. Right. So in a way, Luxembourg had sufficiently diversified its economy and had enough other things going on that it could afford to make this move. Exactly. I mean, now the biggest part of its economy is represented by the asset management industry, which doesn't pay any tax anyway. So the banking secrecy rules don't really affect its clients, which in most cases are based outside of Luxembourg and pay taxes in their own home country. So back to Vanessa, do you think we're going to see any meaningful action this year? The G20s asked the Paris-based OECD to come up with an action plan, and they're due to come out with that this summer. And it's very likely to make some concrete proposals, and some of them may have an impact on the kind of thing Matt was talking about, some of these pass-through kind of structures. Whether that will translate into action is perhaps another question. Tax is a matter of national sovereignty and all this will depend on getting countries' agreements and it will depend on political will. And at the moment it's a little bit hard to know whether there's going to be enough of that to drive this through. That's all from this special edition of the World News Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.